G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. What are the practices and procedures for prayer? Pastor Greg Laurie says some try to make it too hard. Oh, you need to kneel to pray. You need to close your eyes to pray. No, you can pray wherever you are. You can pray publicly. You can pray privately. You can pray verbally. You can pray silently. You can pray kneeling. You can pray standing. You can pray lying down. And you can even pray driving. Just keep your eyes open. (laughs) But the main thing is to pray. This is the day when the lost are found. a deep well of insight and instruction for the believer. We can spend our whole lives studying it and always find new things that speak to our hearts. But what are the essentials, the core principles that believers should know? Pastor Greg Laurie is presenting those in his current series, Essentials. And today on A New Beginning, we dig into the subject of prayer. Why do we pray? How do we pray? Where do we pray? A good course on prayer is coming your way today. Is it that some succeed in the race of life and others fail? Here's a simple answer. Because of choices that we make. Hundreds, maybe even thousands of choices we make every day and every week. We make our choices and then our choices make us. But if you want to know what it takes to be a strong Christian, it comes down to a word a lot of us don't like. (laughs) It's a word called discipline. (laughs) Who likes to discipline themselves? You know, you use discipline when you say no to that dessert. You use discipline when you get up and go to that workout. You use discipline when you say no to temptation. You use discipline when you open up the Bible each and every day. If you want to grow strong spiritually, you need to apply yourself. Now, I'm not suggesting it all comes through human effort. God is the one that changes us But God works through us. The Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Then it goes on to say, for it is God that works in you both to do and to will of his own pleasure. So the idea is you work out your salvation, not work for your salvation, but work it out. You know, the apostles, John and Paul once said, we can work it out. The Beatles. Okay, forget it. But, you know, so you work out what God has worked in. In fact, the word workout there, as Paul uses it, speaks of going into a mine and pulling out the gold or the silver or whatever is in that mine. So you work it out. But God will work through you, but you have to apply yourself. There's God's part and there's our part. 
You show me a believer who is successful in their Christian life and I will tell you they have discipline. You show me anyone who has exceeded in any field in life and there's probably discipline applied on a regular basis. I heard about a concert violinist in New York's Carnegie Hall. She was asked how she became so skilled. Her answer was interesting. She said, it's planned neglect. She planned to neglect everything that was not related to her goal. And her goal happened to be to be a great violinist. And our goal is to be a strong Christian. And 2 Timothy 2 says, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Follow anything that makes you want to do what is right. Pursue faith and love and peace and enjoy the companionship of those that call on the Lord with a pure heart. Notice there's things I run from and there's things I run to. So I run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. And by the way, you don't have to be youthful to have youthful lust. You ever heard of a dirty old man? <laughs> or a cougar? <laughs> there are people that are well on in years that are acting like adolescents still. Youthful lust. It can be an issue throughout life. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. So run from that, but follow righteousness, faith, and peace along with those that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Okay, so what do I need to do to grow spiritually? Well, we have already talked about one of these things. If I want to grow spiritually, I need to read, study, and love the Word of God. Let me say that again. If I want to grow spiritually, I need to read, study, and love the Word of God. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night and observe to do according to all that is written in it. God says, Then I'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. All right, so number two, and this is really our focus, to be a growing Christian, you must have a prayer life. Now what is prayer? Prayer is communicating with and listening to God. Prayer is communicating with and listening to God. Ephesians 6, 18 tells us that there are different kinds of prayer. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. There's different kinds of prayer. <laughs> you can pray publicly. You can pray privately. You can pray verbally. You can pray silently. You can pray kneeling. You can pray standing. You can pray lying down. And you can even pray driving. Just keep your eyes open. You can pray with your eyes open and you can pray with your eyes closed. Uh, somehow we may think that the proper way to pray is to fold our hands and to close our eyes and bow our heads. And that's a wonderful way to pray. And the reason that's a great way is it shows reverence toward God. And it also, by closing our eyes, sort of... Uh, seals off the distractions for a few moments, but you can pray with your eyes open. Uh, we were praying for a meal the other day with the grandkids, and, and so we said to the kids, okay, everybody close their eyes and bow their heads, and, and all the kids are praying, and so I'm looking around watching, and Stella, one of my granddaughters, is eating a French fry, but she has her eyes closed the whole time, so <laughs> it's really cute. Because we can get hung up on it. Oh, you need to kneel to pray. You need to close your eyes to pray. No, you can pray. You can pray on your run or your walk. You can pray wherever you are. In fact, the Bible tells us that I can pray in any position, at any time, anywhere. You know, sometimes I may feel as though God would hear my prayer more if I was in a church sanctuary than if I were on a street corner or in some other place. But that's simply not true. Think of the 
places people prayed from in the Bible. Daniel, where did he pray from? A lion's den. And David, well, he prayed out in a field. Peter prayed on top of the water and under the water. First it was, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And then it was, Lord, underwater prayer. <laughs> Speaking of underwater prayers, Jonah prayed from the belly of a whale or a great fish. And God will hear you wherever you are. The main thing is you are, as Ephesians 6 says, praying always. And by the way, the word all speaks of the frequency of prayer. The frequency of it. It's not like you just do your token prayer in the morning and you're good to go. No, you're praying throughout the day. You're praying in the morning. You're praying in the afternoon. You're praying in the evening. And that's what it means when the Bible says that you are to pray without ceasing for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ concerning you. I think we all remember the story of the prophet Daniel. Uh, he was raised up to a position of great influence in the kingdom there, and he had some enemies, and they wanted to bring him down. But the problem was, Daniel lived a scandal-free life. He was a man of integrity. There were no skeletons in his closet. So his enemies surmised that if they could bring him down, it was gonna have to be concerning him and his God, and they knew that Daniel had a habit, not to be showy, but this was his habit. Daniel prayed three times a day in his house and he would open up the windows and do this so everyone could see. So these guys got the king to unwittingly sign into law a decree that no one could pray to any god but him and if they prayed to another god, that was a violation of the law. So what did Daniel do? When he found out this law had been passed, Daniel 6.10 says when Daniel learned the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem and he prayed three times a day as he always had done giving thanks to God. Do your enemies know that you pray? You, you can pray anywhere. I think it's a beautiful thing when a Christian family or even an individual will bow their head in a restaurant and give thanks for a meal, right? I love that. When I see people praying, uh, in a public way. First Timothy 2.8, Paul writes, I desire that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Everywhere. Now, it would have made sense to me if Daniel's prayer would have been, God help. <laughs> you know what this threat is. Get me out of this. Don't let me be thrown into a prison or a den of lions. But it's interesting. It says he prayed as he always had and he gave thanks in his prayer. Gave thanks for what? Did he know about the law that was passed? Sure he did. But he knew about a God that was more powerful than any law passed by any man. And he knew God was in control. So that's an important thing for us to remember when we pray. We are to give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Just give thanks. Not because you feel good. Not even because things are going well. But because God is good and God is in control. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And today he's presenting a message on the importance of prayer. It's called What Every Christian Needs to Know About Prayer. Pastor Greg has just pointed out how Daniel prayed even when it put him at odds with the king. Let's continue. We also have the story of Nehemiah. He was a Jew uh, living in Babylon in captivity. He was in a position of close proximity to the king. He was the cupbearer, which meant that he would 
try the food before the king ate it. So if he dropped dead, the king would pass in that dish. But it was more than a cupbearer. He would become a counselor and a confidant of the king. So it was a very significant position. But as I said, here's a Jewish man and he hears about the plight of the Jews in Jerusalem and how the city is lying in rubble. And he was burdened about that. And he knew he had access to the king. And he was thinking about what he could do to help his fellow Jews. And one day, the king noticed Nehemiah was sad and he asked why. And here's what the Bible says, Nehemiah 2.5, with a prayer to the God of heaven, Nehemiah says, I replied, if it pleases your majesty and if you're pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah rebuild, to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. I love that. The king asked him a question with a prayer to the God of heaven. See? You know, sometimes you might get that call to go to the principal's office or the boss's office or the Oval Office. Who knows? And you don't have time to go into your prayer closet. You don't have time to have a long prayer. So you just pray as you're on your way. God, give me wisdom. Lord, give me the right words to say. It's a consciousness or an awareness that wherever you go, you are with God and God is with you. That is what gave Elijah, the prophet, the boldness to go into the court of Ahab and say, as the Lord God lives before whom I stand, there will not be rain, but according to my word. But the point is, even though he stood in the presence of the king, he knew he stood in the presence of the king of kings. And when you kneel before God, you can stand before any man. So why should I pray? you're taking notes, here's something to write down. Why should I pray? Simple answer, because Jesus told me to. <laughs> I could stop right there. Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not to give up. And by the way, Jesus himself was a man of prayer. He left us a model to follow. He was constantly praying. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is praying, calling on the Father and saying, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. On the cross, Jesus is praying. First, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then later, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? John 11, when Jesus was raising Lazarus from the dead, it says Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. And then he shouted, Lazarus, come out. When Jesus fed the 5,000, before he did it, he looked up toward heaven and asked God's blessing on the food. Then there was a time the mothers brought their children to Jesus so he would lay his hands on them and pray for them. So if Jesus felt the need to pray, certainly you and I need to pray. Number two, the reason I should pray, this might seem self-serving, but Understand what I'm saying. The reason I should pray is because prayer is God's way, appointed way for obtaining things. Because I'm told over in James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. That's a very interesting passage. You have not because you ask not. So you might be saying, man, I, I want to know God's will for my life, but I don't know what his will is. Well, have you prayed about it? Well, no. Oh, maybe you have not because you ask not. Man, you know, I, I can't make, you know, financial ends meet here and I'm always struggling and I don't know what to do. Have you prayed about it? Uh, no. 
Hey, you have not because you ask not. Hey, I'm really sick and, and I'm just getting worse and I don't know what to do. Well, have you prayed about it? You have not because you ask not. Now, I'm not suggesting that whenever you pray, you'll always know the will of God or whenever you pray, you'll always have more money than you need or whenever you pray, you'll always be in perfect health because there are times when God will allow difficulties in our life to cause us to trust in Him all the more. But my point is, there are times when the reason we don't have what we need in life is simply because we have not asked the Lord about it. So we should pray. Okay, here's another one. Prayer is the way that we make ourselves ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Prayer is the way that we make ourselves ready for the return of Christ. Luke 21, 34, Jesus says, Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. He's referring to the day of the Lord. Watch therefore and pray always. Prayer is the way also by which God helps us to overcome our anxiety and worry. You know, listen, man, life's full of problems and challenges. And we're all concerned about our health and our safety and especially with all that's going on in the world right now. And, and, and we turn on the news and there's so many scary things. So what am I supposed to do? Well, one thing I can do is I can pray. Prayer is the way that God helps me to overcome anxiety and worry. It's been said, if your knees are shaking, kneel on them. Here's a good verse that every believer should memorize. Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all human understanding will keep your heart and your mind. And by the way, the word there for keep is an interesting word. It means mount to guard. The suggestion is of sort of a, a Roman guard standing there. And so God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. We do that through prayer. So many reasons not to neglect prayer in our lives. And next time, Pastor Greg points out that when we see how big our God is, we'll see how small our problems really are. Some more insight on the power of effective prayer next time on A New Beginning. But before we go, Pastor Greg has one more illustration from his message. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called What Every Christian Needs to Know About Prayer. Now, if you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.